live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Well, if you look on Twitter at our ESPN Richmond Twitter feed, which we always point you to all the time, I should be opening this show with my signature phrase. It's a sun-splashed Wednesday afternoon at Independence Golf Club, which is where we are broadcasting live from this afternoon on the final round of the very first ever Open of Virginia for women. It's the Women's Open of Virginia being played at the beautiful Independence Golf Club. And we were invited out here to the Tom Flood Zone, the veranda overlooking the course, to broadcast live this afternoon. And if you go to our Twitter feed, Robert Owen, you did a great job on this one. This is like those Chamber of Commerce brochures in which every picture is sun-drenched, as my good friend Bruce would say. Every shot is picturesque, great landscape off in the horizon. The sun is rising or the sun is setting, and you want to go there. Well, if you go to our Twitter feed this afternoon, that's what it's going to look like. Great job, terrific picture of a sun-splash day out here at Independence Golf Club. The verbiage is correct. We are excited to be broadcasting a special edition of the Sports Huddle with yours truly, live from Independence Golf Club, which, as I said, is hosting the first Women's Open of Virginia. And we're on live from 4 to 6 this afternoon. It's just that the beautiful picture from the Virginia State Golf Association is of a beautiful sunny day out here at Independence Golf Club. It is not. I wish I could tell you that it was. But if you're anywhere within listening distance on our terrestrial 106.1 signal, you know better than that. It's been raining all day long. And this is the longest day of the year, by the way. Some of us are happy about that. I, for one, am. Although I'm always disappointed that the days start getting a little bit shorter after today. I love the extended daylight in the evening. But this is the longest day of the year, which means we're going to have the longest rain of the year because it has been raining from the daybreak and it's supposed to be raining raining when it gets dark tonight as well literally 66 degrees and raining steadily on the first day of summer no great way to usher in the first official day of summer today but we persevered through it and i shouldn't even say we persevere through it although we did robert only juggling a lot of balls in the studio today uh, to make this happen with our friends out here gift breed at independence and tom flood we haven't caught up with in a long time going to be part of our show today Um, they did a great job but let me tip the cap pat on the back the young ladies who are out there on the course this afternoon because they have persevered they tried to get it started Early this morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock, they got about a half hour in. They suspended play at about 8.30. And then they decided, we're going to be tough. And they've sent the ladies back out here for the third and final round of the first Women's Open of Virginia. But they have shortened it to just nine holes, which means the championship will be 45 holes. They played 18 on Monday, 18 yesterday to 36. 
and nine today to 45 and all the credit in the world to them i will tell you when i drove in here to independence and you go past a couple of the holes they were out there the umbrellas were all over the place the golfers were in their rain gear they had some of the facilities guys with the squeegees squeegeeing off the greens so they could putt as best they could kudos to all of them to get this thing done today uh kaylin no Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. N-O-H. She is an amateur. She's in the lead at one under par through seven. So she's got two more rain-drenched holes to play. Skyler Slode, also an amateur and a Virginian from Keswick, is at one over. So she's two back, and she's got three holes still to go out there. So those are the main contenders, those two uh, right now. Many have already finished. Others are still on the course, and again, they are playing just nine today. And I shouldn't even say just, because getting nine in today is really an amazing feat for all of them. I'm sure they will remember this tournament for a long time, not only for the fact that it's the first ever Women's Open of Virginia, but the conditions in which they played uh, today. Really not great, not fun at all. And the rain is steady. Maybe after a while you get used to it. I don't know. Um, but I give them all the credit in the world. We're in great shape here. As I said, we're, we're on the veranda, the covered patio um, that they have appropriately named, especially today, the Tom Flood Zone. Uh, it is not flooding here at the Tom Flood Zone because we are high and dry on the patio. In fact, when I showed up here this afternoon, there were um, some folks actually sitting out here. In fact, they were enjoying a nice bottle of wine. Looked like they were having a quote-unquote business meeting. In fact, the bottle of wine is still uh, sitting on the table with three empty wine glasses. How's that for a tease? With three empty wine glasses. It's happy hour somewhere. We'll be here before uh, too long. But we're going to have a good time out here this afternoon. We're going to get um, one of the golfers will join us here in the 4 o'clock hour um, to kind of get impressions, not just of today, um, you know, because obviously today was tough. Today was really hard. But also just of participating in the first Women's Open of Virginia and what it was like here at Independence. So really looking forward to that and being live and local again this afternoon. And we'll have some other local guests, and then we'll also get into more of the national um, sports scene for you today. In fact, let me turn my attention um, to, that, to that at, at the moment. Um, and you know me. Any chance I get to talk baseball, I'm going to do it. We'll get into basketball. We'll get into the NBA draft and all of that, which is coming up tomorrow night. You'll hear it here on 106.1 ESPN starting at uh, 7 o'clock. We've got a great day of sports programming for you tomorrow because, conveniently, the Braves are playing a day game tomorrow in Philadelphia against the Phils. You know I'm going to get into that in a moment with the first of their three-game series last night that the Braves won uh, four to two, but that game's a little after one o'clock, so there'll be no border to border with Matt Josephs tomorrow. No sports huddle tomorrow afternoon. Just not really knowing how long that game's going to go, that kind of thing. Um, so, just uh, in the interest of clarity, no border to border and no sports huddle tomorrow. But then tomorrow night, you'll get the NBA draft. Uh, so, if you're driving around that sort of thing and you want to check it out, we'll have it here for you on 106.1 ESPN. All right, so to the baseball today. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the biggest story in Major League Baseball right now, the Cincinnati Reds. How about the Cincinnati Reds, who have won 11 in a row now? They won again today at home. They beat the Colorado Rockies by a score of 5-3. to 
Um, they got a uh, big time uh, home run in that in that contest from Jake Fraley, who got them over the top and won that game five to three. I'm looking to see what uh, Ellie Dela Cruz did today. He went two for four. So his average now at 321. They got Joey Votto back in the lineup now as well, and they're getting really solid, solid pitching. In fact, uh, this is another story from today. Andrew Abbott made the start today. We've got some local guys who are getting it done in the major leagues. I'll get to more of that a little bit later. But Andrew Abbott out of Lynchburg from the University of Virginia in his first three major league starts did not give up a run that had never happened before and i did give up runs today he uh, went six innings four hits three earned runs and he gave up three home runs that's the bad news here's the good news he didn't walk a batter and he struck out 10 now he wasn't involved in the decision this afternoon that went to the bullpen but he went six more innings that's technically what they used to call i don't know with all the analytics today if they still call it a quality start Quality start used to be six innings, three earned runs or less. And if they still go by that barometer, he did it again today, and his earned run average ballooned all the way to 1.14. He has taken the major leagues by storm, at least through his first four starts, 3-0 with a 1-1-4 ERA. He kept his team in the game today, and they eventually won it on the Fraley home run. And the Cincinnati Reds are now five games over 500. They're 40-35, and they have won 11 in a row and in the national league central just like in the american league central totally up for grabs nobody really seems to want to win it the reds have a one game lead on milwaukee and three and a half on the cubs and five on pittsburgh which was the team that started so hot and surprised everybody but they have they've faded they've now lost nine in a row that's more like the uh good old pirates we know and love with the nine game losing streak and now five games under 500 so there you go on the first day of summer the first official day of summer the cincinnati reds are in first place in the national league central five games over 500 one game lead on milwaukee and three and a half on the cubs all right real quick let me give you the other baseball scores from the day and then we'll get into kind of the verbal table of contents of what we got coming up on the sports huddle this afternoon again live from independence golf club high and dry despite all the rain that's coming down at the first annual women's open of virginia all right baseball scores diamondbacks leading the national league west lead the brewers today two to one that game's in the top of the seventh the astros lead the mets this afternoon nine six and that game is only in the bottom half of the fourth inning um, and let me check something here. Yes, that is correct. 9-6, bottom half of the fourth, Houston leading the New York Mets. That game is in Houston this afternoon. Boy, there are a lot of day baseball games. So let me finish these up, and then we'll get going. Cardinals and Nationals, so it must not be raining up in D.C. or even in the DMV up there because the Orioles played today, too. Cardinals and Nats are nothing, nothing, middle of the first. No fights have broken out yet today, I don't believe. In the uh, Nationals' dugout, perhaps you saw that last night, Victor Robles and Mackenzie Gore kind of got into it. Gore the pitcher, Robles the outfielder, uh, kind of lollygagged after a fly ball yesterday, and Mackenzie Gore didn't like it, and uh, they almost came to blows in the dugout uh, after, uh, during the half inning. Uh, today, the Nationals, by the way, put Robles on the I.L., 10-day IL with convenient back spasms that probably acted up on him when he kind of half-heartedly went after that fly ball last night. I, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm just speculating. I'm just being a sports talk show host there. So Robles on the IL for 10 days. He and Mackenzie Gore kind of had some heated words, almost came to it. Teammates broke him up in the dugout last night. Things are not going particularly well for the Nationals. They're underway, bottom of the first with the Cardinals, and that game is scoreless. A couple games have already gone final in Major League Baseball today. We mentioned the Orioles. They're actually on the road. They lost to Tampa Bay. Wouldn't have mattered what the weather is there because they have that horrible dome. Uh, but the Rays are not a horrible team. They're the best team in baseball. They won today 7-2. to two. They're now 32-8 and eight at home. So if you buy a ticket uh, to a Tampa Bay game, you got a pretty good chance of seeing your local heroes win. Rays are 52-25 and 25 overall. They beat the O's today. Battle of first and second place in the American League East, 7-2. Rays won that one. Blue Jays over the Marlins today. Miami was also home 6-3. Toronto wins that game. Former Oriole Kevin Gosman, the winner. He is 7-3. And, and Sandy Alcantara, the National League Cy Young winner from last year, uh, he's been miserable. 2-6, and 5.08 earned run average we mentioned the reds beat the rockies five to three cubs over the pirates ninth straight loss for pittsburgh eight to three and the tigers came back and won against the royals nine to four i'll get into more of that series because there's a local flavor to it that we're going to get into in just a couple of minutes all right there's the baseball from this afternoon we have braves and phillies tonight 625 airtime 640 first pitch time in philadelphia braves won the game last night four to two we are live at independence golf club at the first annual women's open of virginia and here's what else we're going to be talking about on this afternoon's sports huddle here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle this is a huge fan of sports this is the river city rundown 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 River City Rundown brought to you by our friends at the Richmond Chapter of the American Red Cross. We urge you to support the local RVA community by volunteering your services or donating blood to the Red Cross. To learn how you can help during this critical time, please visit redcross.org. All right, at the bottom of the hour, we are going to speak with one of the golfers who participated um, in the tournament, Lauren Greenleaf will join us at uh, 4.30. So she made it to the final round today. That's an accomplishment even in and of itself. She finished at the moment tied for 19th. She's out of Ashburn, Virginia. She's an amateur. She finished 11 over par. She went five over today on nine what had to be miserable holes. But we'll talk to her about that at the bottom of the hour. Lauren Greenleaf will join us to talk about her participation in the first annual Women's Open of Virginia. And then in the... Um, in the 5 o'clock hour, got a couple of guests for you. Gerald Taylor from Richmond Region Tourism is going to join us as they help coordinate, spearhead, sponsor this event here. And we'll get some impressions from Gerald on how all this has gone despite the rain today, the importance of having a tournament like this. One of our good buddies from Richmond Region Tourism, which is a great partner with us at ESPN Richmond. Speaking of great partners, Tom Flood has been a longtime great partner with us here at ESPN Richmond. If you're a longtime listener, that name is synonymous with ESPN Richmond. Well, his young daughter is already a better golfer than he is. I'm pretty sure of that. Her name is Ashley Flood. Uh, she's come out of the Robbins Jr. program, and she's got a golf camp um, that she has organized and is being a part of later this summer. And we're going to talk to her a little bit later, about 5.30, about that. She's got scholarships available. She's raising money. She is really a go-getter. So Ashley Flood, 
Tom's daughter, will join us at 5.30 from out here at Independence Golf Club. So you see, in spite of the rain, folks are out here. They're making the best of it. I tip my cap to all of them. We are part of that. As we said, we are undercover outdoors. I love that when you can fool Mother Nature a little bit. Still be outside, despite the fact that Mother Nature is not cooperating with us this afternoon. As I said, 66 and rain, and it has been a steady rain. So we got all of that. Talk some more baseball. We'll talk NBA draft. We'll talk whatever's on your mind. Plenty of time for you to be a part of the show. 804-327-0888 to dial us up, get on the air, or text us. Same number, 327-0888. 417 Sports Auto Live from Independence Golf Club. Back after a timeout. 1061 ESPN. Atlanta's best are on the diamond, and we've got the action live. Every Atlanta Braves broadcast is here on your home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Traffic reports on one. Well, there's nobody better in the National League than the Atlanta Braves. Even I got to admit that as a diehard, lifelong Phillies fan. Uh, the Braves, 47-26. and 26. They are just so good. Up and down that lineup, they are so good. Their rotation, solid. Their bullpen has filled every role that they have needed. Uh, they've won seven in a row. If it weren't for the Reds, they'd be the hottest team in the National League. And they are now six up on the Marlins and nine up on the Phillies. I think those teams are fighting for wild card spots at this point and Atlanta took care of business last night with the 4 to 2 win over the Phillies. So frustrating to watch my Phillies last night. Base running blunder by the normally reliable JT Real Muto could have brought the tying run to the plate in the ninth, but he got thrown out trying to stretch a single into a double. And man, the Phillies batters and I know Spencer Strider, he is one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball and he blows it by you and he fools you. He had the Phillies doing both last night. They swung at so many bad pitches. I was telling people today, if I'm a Braves pitcher and I get to two strikes, there's no way in the world I'm throwing a strike in the zone because those guys will chase it. And for the most part, uh, they've been missing it. We'll see what the Phillies can do tonight. they got their veteran Aaron Nola on the mound. He has been up and down at 6-5 and five and a 4-6-6 ERA. They really need him tonight. A.J. smith Shaver, the rookie, uh, 1-0, 2.03 ERA gets the ball for the Braves. So if the Phils have any hope, they might have it tonight against the youngster on the mound. Uh, the Phillies have not lost a series in June, so they need to win tonight uh, to set up a rubber match tomorrow afternoon. All right, real quick, while I'm talking um, some baseball, one of the things I forgot to mention in our River City rundown that I'm going to try and get to this afternoon, we have so many live local guests and great guests coming up. Don't know if we'll squeeze it in or not. But I don't know if you, you probably didn't see it last night. Nondescript game. Two of the worst teams in baseball, Kansas City and Detroit at Comerica Park in Detroit. The Royals won the game one to nothing. Here's the local significance. The winning pitcher for Kansas City, Daniel Lynch, former standout at Douglas Freeman High School and the University of Virginia, went seven innings of one hit shutout baseball last night for the Royals. Walked only two. Struck out only two. 78 pitches, very economical. His first win of the season, he missed about two months coming out of spring training with a shoulder injury. So he's now 1-3 with a 4-4-5 ERA. And here's a little bit of the backstory and why I mention it even more so. 
if we can get this interview in a little bit later, um, some of you longtime Richmond Braves fans might remember the name and the voice of Steve Stewart. He was a play-by-play voice of the Richmond Braves on the radio right after me, right after I finished in the early 90s. So this is going back a ways. But uh, Steve's had a great career, radio and TV for the Kansas City Royals. And he interviewed Daniel Lynch today for the Royals pregame show before Kansas City's game at Detroit, which Detroit won this afternoon. And Steve was kind enough to think of me, and he sent me the interview and said, hey, you may want to use this or at least listen to this. This is your guy who you remember from, from Tuckahoe Little League days and at Freeman and at UVA, Daniel Lynch. Uh, so he sent me the interview. We chopped it up a little bit. And I thought if we get a chance, we'll play a little bit of that with Steve's questions right off of the Royals pregame show on the pregame uh, radio network there for Kansas City and hear a little bit from Daniel Lynch. So I'm going to try and squeeze that in for you uh, this afternoon as we move along. All right, got to move. We're going to get back to talking some golf. We are at the uh, first annual Women's Open of Virginia. They are trying to finish this thing in what I would now call the pouring rain. Kaylin No, an amateur, is the leader at one under, and she has one more hole to go, and I'm sure she will be scurrying to get into the clubhouse and get out of the rain and perhaps be the champion of this event. As long as she doesn't blow up on that last hole, she's actually going to win win this event. All right, in a moment, when we come back, we're going to talk with one of the other, not only competitors of the event, but one of the organizers of the event. Her name is Lauren Greenleaf amateur out of ashburn virginia she made it to the final round today finished 11 over give her all the credit in the world for being out there and she had a 72 um let's see when did she have that 72 in the first round of the tournament then of course the conditions got worse and and everybody pretty much blew up but really interested to talk with her she'll talk about the organization of the event first time being here what it was like being out there in the soggy conditions today lauren greenleaf joins us on the sports huddle coming up next on 1061 ESPN. Work week is tough. Make your day a little brighter with full-length podcast of all our shows and interviews. Available at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Bob Black back with you. Sports Huddle continues on a Wednesday afternoon, the first official day of summer. Thank you for tuning in. 1061 ESPN. It certainly doesn't look or feel like the first official day of summer, nor does it look or feel like a good day for golf. And yet these young ladies really persevered through this thing today and were able to get nine holes in in the final round of the first annual Women's Open of Virginia here at Independence Golf Club, and that's where we're broadcasting live this afternoon. And really thrilled to welcome one of those golfers who not only played in the event, but helped plan this event. She is Lauren Greenleaf, and she joins us after coming off of that course uh, today. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Have you dried out yet? Yeah, a little bit. Can you hear me okay, Bob? Absolutely. Can hear you fine. Can you hear us okay, more importantly? Yes, I can hear you. I've finally kind of dried off and gotten warm. I'm on my way home uh, from the tournament, but it was definitely a wet and a chilly one out there today. Yeah, give us a little bit. I want to get big picture here, and there are so many positives about this whole thing, but this is obviously the story of today. 
what was it like out there? You know, how did you get through the? Is it the worst conditions you've ever played? And this has nothing to do with the golf course. We know it's a great, a great golf course, but just the conditions that that you and the other golfers had to deal with today. Yeah, it was a tough day. Um, I teed off for the first time at eight eleven this morning, and it was pretty chilly and windy and rainy, and played. A hole and a half, and then it was very clear that there was water puddling on the greens, and the course is unplayable. Um, so we came in for about three, three and a half hours at that point before we restarted for to get nine holes in. Um, but it was chilly. Um, it was a, the course played tough. A lot of the pins were kind of tucked on the high portions of the green, given kind of the standing water out there. Uh, but it's something that we're all used to playing in. Um, I've been playing competitive golf for over 20 years. So I've kind of played in a little bit of everything. And you just got to be patient out there and kind of get through it. How does your game change? I mean, there must be some things that you've got to do differently with the wet conditions. Are there? Yeah, I think there's a couple things. So one, just your equipment. So having kind of the two rain gloves so your hands don't slip is really important. Um, and then just taking a little extra time to think about the shots you're going to hit, how it's going to play with the rain and the wind, and just being patient. Um, I think you just have to slow down a little bit more than what you typically do when it's sunny out. Well, let's talk more positive here. Now, you're going you're gonna to finish in the top 20, uh, even though you're done. It looks like they're just finishing the, the last grouping today. It looks like Kaylin Noah is going to win this thing, and I don't want to jinx her, but as long as she finishes up uh, on the last ninth hole, uh, she could be under par and would be the only, only golfer to do that in these terrible conditions. But one of the reasons you made it to the final round because of what you did in the first round, right? Tell us about you know the even par 72 on the first round here on Monday. Yeah, I played solid the first round, um, hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. I had it to two under at one point uh, late in the round, but then made a couple of mistakes coming in on 16 and 18 to ultimately finish it even, uh, which I was happy with for the first day. I left a lot of opportunities out there, but overall um, had a solid start to the tournament and then didn't really have my best stuff the last two days, but was obviously happy to make the cut and have the opportunity to play the last day. Absolutely. You should feel obviously great about that. So go big picture on us now. I've mentioned it, you know, a hundred times in the half hour we've been on the air. This is the first women's open of Virginia. Give me some overall impressions of that and the importance of getting that started here in the in the Commonwealth of Virginia and you being a Virginia native. Yeah, this is a tournament we're all very excited for. Um, I chair the Women's Competitions Committee um, for the Virginia State Golf Association, and that was the committee that was really involved in getting this tournament off the ground and up and running. So uh, I think it was really exciting to have a marquee event for women in the state of Virginia. Women's golf has grown a lot in the last uh, 10 years especially, and there's always been a men's open. So I think we're really excited to finally get this one off the ground. I think everyone was thrilled about... Uh, just the field we were able to get. I think over 80 players competed this week. Uh, just the energy around the golf course. You could tell this was a special event. You could tell it was the inaugural year and it was something big. Um, talk a little bit more. You mentioned being on that committee about being part of the planning in addition to playing in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been talking about um, the Virginia Women's Open for a number of years. It seems like three, four, five years it's been in the works. Um, and then COVID set us back a couple years. So uh, the last year and a half, we've been really working hard to put on a great inaugural event that celebrates women's golf from kind of getting into independence on board as an awesome host site, 
uh, to figuring out kind of the format of the event, trying to reach out to different players and promote it through marketing. Um, so there's a ton of work behind the scenes to get here and just thrilled to be able to kind of get this one off the ground and start um, hopefully an event that will last a long time. Lauren, speak a little bit more, and, and we're obviously partial here at ESPN Richmond because we've been a partner with Independence Golf Club uh, for a long, long time. I've done many shows out here and partnered with them on many different uh, golf tournaments and charity golf tournaments and events like this one and the men's side of this as well. And just, you know, what it was like being at Independence, why, why Independence, and kind of the impact of being here in Central Virginia. Yeah, Independence is a great host site, and they've been one a site that's kind of been very generous and a very big part of the VSGA um, throughout its history. And I know the Men's Open was played there last year, um, and it was a great event. Independence has hosted a number of Men's Opens before. So uh, when the team there was open to host the event, I think we jumped all over it. Um, it's a great golf course. It's a great test of championship golf. Um, and it's really kind of a central location that's easy for folks to get to around the state. Um, and helps to kind of drive a great field. Um, we're also really excited about it because uh, next year for the USGA Men's mid Amateur Championship, Independence is going to be kind of the co-host site with Kinlock. Um, so if it's, um, it's definitely a championship-caliber location and venue uh, to be able to host a USGA event as well as all the state opens. So, so what do you think is next for your for your event? I mean, I realize you know it's technically even not over yet with with couple finishing up that literally as we speak. But but where does this event kind of go from here to help grow the sport of women's golf in Virginia? Yeah, I think we'd like to make the Virginia Women's Open the marquee women's event in the state of Virginia, similar to how the men's open is um, on that side. Um, so I think. We set a really high bar this year with great participation, great energy. Um, I'm excited to kind of use this as a springboard and hopefully continue to promote the event to top pros and top amateurs, um, not only in the state of Virginia, but also kind of nationwide or at least on the East Coast. I think uh, we'll go back to the drawing board and lock in the dates for next year and then start promoting the event to keep um, growing even stronger and more competitive fields in the future. Really awesome, really awesome stuff. Great to be in on the ground floor of it. Personally for you, uh, what's next for you from a, a golf perspective this summer? So I have a couple events coming up. Um, I'm trying to qualify for the U.S. Women's Amateur in the middle of July. Uh, I'll play in the VSGA Women's uh, Amateur Championship at Cedar Point in Suffolk, Virginia uh, in July. Um, and then uh, in September, I'll play in the USGA Women's Mid-Amateur Championship in Philadelphia, uh, which I won in 2015. That's so always a special event for me. Awesome. That's my hometown. So that's great, Philadelphia is. So I'll be rooting for you to repeat there for, for sure. Um, I, I know on, on the leaderboard it says Lauren Greenlee from Ashburn, Virginia. Is that still home for you? Yep, live in Ashburn, Virginia. I've been from Northern Virginia my whole life. So All right. Virginia and are you <laughs> Are, you said you're on your way home. Uh, are you headed up like I-95, literally, as we speak, to get home? Yep, I just passed Fredericksburg, and then <laughs> I work in the Midwest. So I'm getting on a plane this evening and heading out that way. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope the traffic is okay. We all know that I-95 can be a logjam, so hopefully you're moving well and safely, Lauren. So far, so good, but don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not jinx it. Let's let's just end it right there, Lauren. Thank you for the time uh, this afternoon. Again, safe travels. Congratulations on what you did in this tournament, both on the course and planning for this event. And we look forward to bigger and better to come down the road. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. Lauren Greenleaf from Ashburn, Virginia. I uh, wasn't going to ask her anything about the commanders, I guess, and their home base being there in Ashburn. And then, wow, she's a busy young lady, isn't she? On a plane to head to the Midwest for her job and then more tournaments during the course of the year. And she was part of the planning committee for this event. So she is fully vested in this thing for sure. And uh, hopefully it comes back bigger and better and stronger, and we would love to be a part of it moving forward. And here at Independence would be would be a really cool, really cool thing. Um, and I got some really good news here um, about Caitlin No, who is I, I've been following her. That they she's just finished the final round, and she was the only golfer to be under par today. And you can imagine what a challenge that is in these conditions today. And I know it was only nine holes, but it must have felt like eighteen playing nine. And she went one under today, two under for the tournament, the two full rounds and the nine nine holes today. Two under, the only golfer to finish under par. She wins by four strokes. Skyler Slode, also an amateur out of Keswick, uh, Virginia, finished second. Kayla Noah is from Rockland, California, all the way here in Virginia, to capture the first Women's Open of Virginia Championship. So congrats to her. And i got to give one other shout-out here. As I was scrolling, and I was actually looking for this name, but as I was scrolling for the names, Tatum Walsh out of Midlothian. Uh, she is a golfer on the James Madison uh, golf team, but she made it to the final round, and she finished in the top 15. She finished tied for 15th, 10 over for the event, 3 over for her nine holes uh, today. But Tatum is the daughter of David Walsh, the deputy athletic director uh, at the University of Richmond. I can only say that for another nine or ten days, because I think we've mentioned this on this show before, but David is retiring uh, from his position at Richmond as deputy athletic director. He's been involved with, you know, every aspect of the Spider athletic program and particularly football and men's basketball and marketing and public relations and broadcast. And uh, so he is uh, hanging it up here in the next 10 days or so. I'm sure he was out here today uh, with Tatum fighting the elements. But congrats to her because she made it to the final round, uh, to the final cut, and finished in the top 15 at uh, 10 over. So shout out to her and her dad who is – Wrapping up his tenure uh, as a deputy athletic director at the University of Richmond. All right, let's get a timeout in here. When we come back, I'm going to get back to some baseball. And I mentioned the local angle of the uh, Royals' one nothing win over the Tigers yesterday. Daniel Lynch, the uh, Freeman product by way of the University of Virginia, seven innings of one-hit shutout baseball. He was interviewed for the Royals' radio network pregame show today by Steve Stewart who is the, one of the former voices of the Richmond Braves. He followed yours truly uh, in the Richmond Braves broadcast booth back in the day. So a little local flavor when we come back, about a five-minute snippet of Steve talking with Daniel Lynch of the Kansas City Royals. Coming up next as the Sports Huddle continues live from the Independence Golf Club on 106.1 ESPN. His words can move you. Seriously, they can pick you up and carry you across the room. Or maybe that was the portergeist again. Hmm. Big Al is live weekday mornings 8 to 10 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. All right, little Major League Baseball talk local style. As I mentioned before the break, Royals beat the Tigers last night one to nothing. Winning pitcher for Kansas City, Daniel Lynch. Seven innings, one hit, no runs, two walks, two strikeouts by way of Douglas Freeman High School on the West End and then the University of Virginia 
and now with the Kansas City Royals, he's bounced back from a shoulder injury that cost him a couple of months, and he picked up his first win last night. So appropriately, he was the pregame guest on today's Kansas City Royal Radio Network pregame show with broadcaster Steve Stewart, who has Richmond connections as well as a former voice of the Richmond Braves. Thought we'd let you hear a little bit of their pregame interview. Former Richmond Braves voice Steve Stewart with Kansas City Royal pitcher by way of Freeman and UVA, Daniel Lynch. Welcome back to the pregame show, Royals and Tigers. One more time today, it's the rubber game of the three-game series. It's the rubber game largely because of the guy we're about to talk to right now, Daniel Lynch, the winning pitcher in last night's ball game. And Daniel, seven innings, one hit, no runs. It sure looked good. How did it feel? Good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always nice to go out there and, you know, put the team in a good position to win. Play, we played great defense, so that, that always helps. And when you're putting the ball in play and, and they're making great plays, like it's, it's pretty quick and it's easy, so it definitely felt good. Well, the word attack is being used a lot to describe your outing. And, I mean, right from the beginning, you were working fast, you were on the attack, you were in the zone, weren't afraid of a little contact. Like you say, you got good defense. Only two strikeouts on the night, but you had early count outs, and that kept you in the game through seven, and you were kind of sailing. Yeah, I think that's kind of been the theme since, you know, the beginning of the season. Just try to attack. You know, I felt like I did a good job of throwing the ball, where throwing my pitches where they work best in the zone and just trusting that they weren't going to, you know, weren't going to do damage on them. Um, and that, you know, that attitude is going to help you be efficient, and, and they definitely, you know, got out quickly. And you obviously made an emphasis to work quickly. I mean, the pitch clock does it anyway, and I'm sure maybe Salvi was reminding you or maybe you were reminding yourself, but it... You look like you were double parked. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're throwing strikes, it's easy to get into a rhythm. And I think I like to feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on the hitter to get back in the box. And because and, whether or not they know that they have time, it's still kind of just you're kind of in a dance with the with the hitter. And it puts pressure on them to get back in the box. And then when you're trying to fill up the zone, it's kind of you're kind of trying to suffocate them, you know, and and get working quick so that they have the pressure on them. Steve Stewart joined by Daniel Lynch, the winning pitcher last night. Seven innings, no runs. One hit, two strikeouts, two walks. You get your first win of the year. It was only your fifth start. People kind of, maybe they don't always think about this, but in your case, you were rolling right through spring training. Things were going pretty well for you, for the team in general. And then that last start, the last week of spring training, shoulder injury, you had to shut down for not that long, but long enough that it delayed the start of your season by almost two months. And I know the Royals were talking about the fact that when you were making your progression to come back, they didn't want to rush you. They wanted you really to think of the big picture and the long haul. Are you kind of glad you took that approach now that here we are getting close to the midway point, even though it's only five starts for you? Did it help you get in a better rhythm when, when you did get on the big league mound? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they did a really good job of communicating with me the purpose behind what they were doing because I think I mean I thought I honestly thought I was going to go out there and throw three or four innings and then be ready to go back and uh, they were pretty adamant that they, they they really didn't want any bumps in the road and I think that's that's something as a younger player you don't really understand you're not really thinking about the next three or four years kind of how probably they are you're just like I want to get back and pitch but I think the biggest thing that I can't remember who 
expressed this to me, but that these guys, when you get back, are going to have 200 at bat, 300 at bats under their belt, and you're basically in spring training for it's not like in spring after spring training where everyone's kind of just trying to get their footing and get into a rhythm. Like these guys are already in midseason form, so we just want to make sure that you're completely ready to go. And uh, I think that ended up being a good thing in the long run. Young pitching on this team, and I mean, nobody knows better than you how important pitching is in this game. We're going to see Brady today, Chris Bubich unfortunately out for the year. Austin Cox has come up. These are all guys from your draft class in 18, and there are others. Jonathan Bolin, who's still in the minors, and we've seen Jonathan Heasley up here before. Coar is here now. Give us a sense of camaraderie, friendly competition learning from each other, leaning on each other, how that's been since you guys were all drafted the same year? I think it's been huge. I mean, we're all really close friends, and I think we're all, I mean, I know we're all really, really rooting each other on, um, hoping, you know, wishing the best for each other. As far as friendly competition, I don't, I mean, I think that that's just, like, kind of the nature of the game. If someone goes out there and pitches well, you want to match that, and but there isn't really any outward competition. I think we're all just pulling for each other. And, you know, there's obviously sarcasm and, and joking around. But I think genuinely, deep down, we're all just good friends and that want the best for each other. And I think in the long run, that's going to be be huge. You know, we spend a lot of time together. And, and we hear a lot of stories about the great pitching staffs. And it's, they all hang out together. They enjoy being around each other. They pull for each other. They all want to be great. And so I think that's, you know... I think it's a really a thing we're really fortunate to have, but you know something we don't take for granted. He certainly doesn't take the health factor for granted. He came out of spring training, had had a good spring, and had a little bit of a shoulder problem at the end, of, right at the end of spring training, and they shut him down for a couple of months, and he's been back for about three weeks now. He's one and three, four point four five ERA, his first win of the season, seven innings of one hit shutout baseball yesterday for the Royals in that win over the Tigers turned it around today the Tigers beat the Royals by a score of 9 to 6 but just thought it'd be kind of neat to hear from a couple of local local voices there Steve Stewart the former Richmond Braves play-by-play voice now with the Royals has been there quite some time and Daniel Lynch who had a terrific career at the University of Virginia started out all the way back in 